the the youngest people are making a lot of mistakes with credit cards and with setting up loans and older adults are making some mistakes too but the quality of those mistakes are different and the authors of that paper attribute those to the different changes in cognitive abilities as people get older i think they fail to account for decision making after the point at which their decision making has diminished and once the process starts it's almost too late Financial decisions are endlessly complicated. There's a whole academic literature that tries to study them and improve them. And of course, there's a whole financial advisory industry that tries to help people improve their decisions as well. But there exists a divide between the two. I'm Hal Hirschfield, a professor of marketing, behavioral decision-making, and psychology at UCLA's Anderson School of Management. And on the behavioral divide, we study that gap and try to figure out what sort of insights can we learn to help people make better financial decisions. Age is so often a topic that we prefer to avoid. And as any of us over the age of 40 have likely found, there are many things we once did that we just can't find the energy for these days. Or if we do, it may take us a few more days to recover. But when it comes to financial decisions, how does age affect the choices we make and what types of mistakes we're prone to earlier and later in life? As you'll hear from our guests in this episode, there are some really important considerations that may come into play at different stages of our financial journey. First, I spoke with Greg Semenez Larkin. He's a professor of neuroscience and psychology at Duke University and a brilliant mind on this topic of age and financial decision making. Greg, you're, you're one of the world's experts in how financial decisions change as we age. And so let me ask you that really straightforward question. How do they? How do financial decisions change? What are the main ways that we see sort of shifts in that space? Right. So from my own disciplines, uh, from psychology and neuroscience, I think a lot of people think of decision-making as an, another form of cognition. And a lot there's a lot of evidence for cognitive decline as people get older. So people have more trouble with memory and attentional control abilities. And I think people probably assume the same thing happens to decision-making. But it's really interesting. The data don't show that at all. It's pretty nonlinear. Um, in a lot of ways, it looks like people, as they move through adulthood, get better and better at making decisions and specifically financial decisions. And, and interestingly, maybe people make the best financial decisions in, in midlife or late midlife, uh, whereas the youngest adults and the oldest adults might make slightly lower quality decisions, but for totally different reasons. It's it's really interesting set of findings. So so let me, let's unpack that a little bit more. Tell me what you mean by sort of better financial decisions? What are some of those findings? And you know, what does that actually look like? Probably the best paper, or at least my favorite one is is on borrowing. Um, so how people use credit, uh, use credit cards or um, get mortgages set up or any kind of borrowing. Um, there's some wonderful real life data of borrowing. So these aren't laboratory experiments. These are how people actually manage their own money in their everyday life that show that in the mid 50s, people are basically um, minimizing fees and making the best choices and you know paying off their balances and uh, doing all the things that you should do uh, to keep a high credit score essentially uh, but also that payoff in the long run for for maximizing your earnings um, in the long term and interestingly the the youngest people are making a lot of mistakes with with credit cards and with um, setting up loans and older adults are making some mistakes too, but the quality of those mistakes are different. And, and the authors of the, that paper um, attribute those to the, the different changes in cognitive abilities as people get older. So as you can imagine, people get more experience as they get older, they know more stuff, 
Um, and that pays off when making all sorts of decisions, but it's, but especially financial decisions where, where you just have more and more experience working with money. And so you get better at that. But those cognitive declines that I talked about before, are, you're, you're also facing those. And so you just have more limitations in your ability to make quick decisions and make decisions in new environments about things you have less knowledge about. So in cases where you can't draw on that past experience, uh, you struggle more. So, I mean, I think this is, this is presenting a really interesting picture, right? Because you've got, in many cases, older adults benefiting from the wisdom of experience, right? But then they're also dealing with some of those very real cognitive changes. I know many of which you've document, documented, especially on a neural level. Um, so you, can you explain a little bit more, you know, what, what are some of the contexts that we might want to look out for when, um, when might older adults do worse, you know, quote unquote, in the financial arena, especially relative to their younger counterparts? Yeah, I think the, the cases are uh, extreme novelty. So if there's, you know, if we're thinking about investment and, you know, if I was a 85 year old, I probably wouldn't mess with crypto. Um, <laughs> so, you know, just things like things that where it's really hard to generalize or where past experience with investing maybe does, or it's unclear whether it applies or not. I think that's kind of dangerous territory and maybe something I would, I would stay away from. There is one thing though I do want to clarify. So even in, in that borrowing paper, this is, you know, one wonderful paper, like I said, one of my favorites, um, it is just about borrowing and, um, it, it looks like younger, the youngest and oldest adults aren't doing so well. Uh, the middle-aged adults look way better than the rest. But if you look across the literature, these effects are actually pretty small. So the age differences are actually pretty mm. small. Um, mm. So it's not like we should all be wildly concerned about older people making decisions with money or that there should be some age where people just lose mm. financial independence by default because they've suffered so much cognitive ability. First of all, people decline at different rates. So we have to pay attention to individuals and not make generalizations. But also even when we see these age effects, there are, people are doing fine. I mean, the size of these differences in, in mistakes or things that look like less good decision-making, they're pretty small effects. Nothing that would make me uh, panicked or, or, or have some kind of broad generalization like, oh, yikes, older adults handling money. That's a terrible <laughs> idea. Uh, it's not that at all, actually. Older adults are making perfectly good financial decisions into very late old age, uh, many of them. I find this really interesting because, you know, of course, I know many of us when we think about, you know, the the decline in decision making with age, you know, you can you think about driving, you can think about these other sort of arenas where maybe those uh, um, declines can actually result in some pretty bad consequences. But your point is well taken, which is that there's a lot of variability and it's not this sort of steep drop off, but it may happen at the much later years, right? Um, you know, along those lines, um, you know, you said that it, it's sort of a, something that's nonlinear, it happens later on. Is there sort of general, you know, markers that we should be looking out for both older adults, as well as caretakers, as well as their, uh, you know, middle-aged adult children, <laughs> is there something they should be looking out for? And when we might say, okay, wait, we want to take a step back here and examine, you know, the, the, the connection that a given older individual might have with financial decisions. Yeah, this is a really great point. And this is one of these interesting cases where honestly, financial services has been way ahead of the science on this for, for a long time. 
Mm. Um, so, you know, a lot of major firms have been thinking about what do we do in a preventative sort of way to identify people who might be struggling or about to be struggling in a predictive way, which is really powerful and amazing, um, to try to help protect um, senior investors. So there's been a lot of energy around this in financial services and, and very little academic research. It's, it's truly a shame. And, um, and so I think some of the things, I mean, there's some things that we can, so there's strategies from financial services like naming a financial emergency contact. So um, several brokerage firms, when you start a new account, um, no matter what age you are, they say, if there's ever a concern about your cognitive capacity, who do you want us to call? And that's right there when you open your account. It's a brilliant idea. Hopefully that person is a trustworthy person. <laughs> Hopefully you've identified a great person because almost half of, of scams and, and fraud that older adults are involved in are from somebody that they know. Um, mm. So, you know, it's not a totally foolproof strategy, um, but it's a great idea, at least just to have a backup. So it's wonderful. I think that's a, a really great uh, strategy for having that fallback. I, the other thing I think for what the science can contribute is what we've learned about uh sudden clinical cognitive decline in general, things like mild cognitive impairment and Alzheimer's disease related dementias. Um, so things to watch out for are big sudden changes, you know, personality changes, emotional changes, uh, just seemingly erratic behavior, things that are really out of character. Those can be signs that, hey, maybe as an adult child, I should ask some more questions <laughs> about what's happening uh, with, with the parent's money. Um, and these, these, aren't, these aren't comfortable conversations to have, you know? People are sensitive about cognitive decline and their memory abilities and their capacity and their independence. And so this is, this is tough stuff to navigate, even for somebody that, you, you know, you care about each other very deeply. So, you know, I think this is, this is really interesting. Let, I, I love to end on a, on a positive note, because I mean, I think the, the, what you've just talked about is ex extremely helpful when it comes to looking for some of the, the negatives, but you know, where you started, you were noting that there are some spaces where older adults are making uh, better or improved financial decisions relative to their younger counterparts. And I'm curious if there's any lessons we can take from that and apply them, you know, to younger adults. Uh, now, I know you did say experience is one of them. It's not like we can just imbue a whole bunch of younger adults with more financial experience, or maybe we can. Do you think that there are any lessons we might take from the improved capabilities that some older adults exhibit and apply them to, to younger folks? I think, uh, yes, I do. Um, I'm, I'm always optimistic, though. There's always a solution <laughs> somewhere around the corner. I, I mean, I think this probably, given the reality of a lot of this probably comes from experience, and we can't just confer decades of experience onto young people. So I think the channel is probably advising. So personally, uh, you know, as a middle-aged person, I don't want a 23-year-old financial advisor. Um, you know, I want somebody who's been around, who has a couple decades of experience, who's seen a bunch of different markets come and go. I'm investing in the long term. I want to have a long, happy, healthy end of life. And uh, so I want someone with perspective. So, so personally, I think we should value age and experience in financial advisors when we're making that decision ourselves. Um, so I think that's probably, you know, and I think also another strategy kind of back to the, the point about having these conversations with family members is, is talking about financial decisions. Hmm. Well, you know, don't just make financial decisions independently. We've, we've been focusing on older adults not doing that by themselves, but younger adults probably shouldn't do that by themselves either. I know as a 
20-something year old, I made a lot of stupid financial decisions <laughs> that I never consulted anybody about. So I think to the extent that we can encourage young people to just talk more um, with people who do have experience about, about the choices they're making with even, you know, credit cards, student loan borrowing, any of that stuff, get some, get a bunch of perspectives, have your, build your own set of advisors. Greg, thank you so much. This is uh, a fascinating conversation. Great advice, great uh, insights there. Uh, I really appreciate you being here with me. Greg Semenez-Larkin, uh, professor of psychology and neuroscience at Duke University. Thank you so much for your time. A pleasure. The discussion with Greg on the literature highlighted some great points in my mind. What really stood out, though, was that if left to our own devices, we may face limitations with respect to financial decision-making at any stage of our lives, but the challenges we face may be different as we age, in particular when you compare younger adults to much older adults. Experience seems to be a valuable resource as we get older, but we can also run into the reality of cognitive decline in our later years. Here's one of the more powerful points that Greg shared. To overcome these potential issues, whether it's early or later in life, we need to simply talk about them and seek out advice and support. And who better to get perspective on this than from someone who deals with these issues for a living? So I sat down with the founding partner of Constitution Wealth, Christopher Van Slyke, to get his take on what he's observed with his clients. Today, we're talking about aging and changes in decision-making. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, in your own practice, what have you noticed as the main ways that financial decisions change as your clients age? Well, I think I've been caught by surprise, but I think that we all think that our ability to make decisions is going to remain at its peak. And I, I, start to work with a lot of people in their 50s. They may be at the peak of their careers, the peak of their professional skills. And uh, I mean, they're, they're just brilliant people, a lot of them. And I think that neither they nor I have anticipated that their ability to make decisions would diminish. And I've personally been quite surprised by that in my own family. And I've been surprised in, uh, in working with clients that uh, some of them encountered some cognitive issues. Yeah, of course, none of us want to see those things as happening to ourselves. And so I'm wondering if you can get a little more specific and tell me, you know, in what ways have you seen, you know, your your older clients in a way do, I'll put sort of quotes around it, do worse when it comes to financial decisions, you know, especially as some of those cognitive issues come in, uh, than maybe their younger counterparts. Uh, well, in particular, I, I think they fail to account for decision-making after the point at which their decision-making has diminished. And once the process starts, it's almost too late. Um, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm going to need help at some point in my life, and I, if I don't get that help before I need the help, then getting the help is going to become increasingly difficult. And of course, you're a financial advisor, right? You're not a family member. You can try to get people to pay attention to this issue, but you really need to front load that process of making those ancillary decisions about how things will be decided for you way before you need it. And, you know, people are going at the pace of life. And when you feel healthy, you don't want to think about this topic or, or anticipate it or deal with it. And people tend to kick the can down the road, but Boy, w once the process of, of decline has started, it, I've found that it's very hard 
to change it. It's a it's a sad realization in a way, but it's also super important because I think part of what you're talking about here is really setting things up well in advance before you even notice the issues arising. 100%. Um, I, it is tough. You know, people don't like to talk about estate planning and their own decline at all. And, you know, we kind of coax and remind and so forth, but uh, it's just tough to get people to deal with these issues, especially when they're not feeling the impact. And they say that the, the, the decline actually begins long before anybody notices it in a human being. And therein lies the problem. So we try as professionals to, to make people aware of this. And I can speak from experience now in ways that I couldn't when I was younger. I can tell them stories. I can tell them my own personal story where this has happened with, within my own family and try to get people to, to do this early. But I think it really, you know, as the baby boomers move on in age, I think we're going to see that things looked like their, to folks like their financial plan was set up and everything was going to go according to plan. We tend to talk about the financial numbers and retirement income and all that stuff, but the very workings of decision-making themselves, they can they can become problematic. And it's real hard to rescue this once it's gone down the road. Christopher, I'm hoping I can switch things to a slightly more positive space. You know, in your experience over the years, have you noticed any situations or contexts in which as clients are getting older, they may in some ways be doing quote-unquote better with their financial decisions. I, I'm not talking about the, you know, the point after which the cognitive decline kicks in or the, you know, the really severe cognitive decline, but up till then, are there contexts in which age comes with something better? Oh, absolutely. I, I think we can all recall what our decision-making, especially financially was in our twenties. And, uh, certainly, uh, an accumulation of, of experience and perspective and wisdom comes along with getting older. So in some ways, especially at this inflection point, I'd say between uh, 40 and 60 years old, uh, most adults are making much better decisions because they can now take the accumulation of experience and put it together with intention and come up with much better decisions than they made when they were younger. They have a huge advantage. Any chance you can give me an example in that space? Well, I'll tell you about my own life. <laughs> um, when I was in my 20s, I kind of knew what the right answer to good financial choices was, but my tendency to want to live in the present and to uh, uh, reward my desire for current consumption tended to overwhelm my uh, my wiser thoughts, which knew that being prepared for the future was the way to go. And as I got older, I was simply able to put, put a lid on that and to think more long-term. I, I became a better strategic thinker as I got older, and I'm not sure exactly what contributes to that. Some of that is falling on your face and having a few painful experiences. But in my own life, uh, my decision-making after, say, 35 years old got a lot better, and I got a lot wealthier. So I think most people can enjoy those years as well. The key is I think not to get too far off track when you're younger. 
Like Greg, Christopher offers tremendous insight on this topic of aging and financial decision-making. And perhaps what I love most about these discussions is that there's a lot of overlap when it comes to the central takeaways. All right, so here's a few. First, in our earlier adult years, we tend to lack the experience that seems to help us make better financial decisions later in life. We heard both Greg and Christopher advocate for younger people seeking out advice from others that are more experienced, whether that's older family members or a financial advisor like Christopher. And as he highlighted, improving our decisions when we're young can help us avoid getting too far off track from where we want to be in the long term. Second, they both spoke about the pitfalls of not being prepared for inevitable cognitive decline as we age. Having a plan for how financial decisions will be made in the event you're no longer able to make sound decisions for yourself is key. And finally, I'll offer that we may be better off if we can try to overcome the tendency to avoid talking about age-related issues. Rarely do we want to admit that we lack experience when we're young, nor do we want to acknowledge that we may lose a step as we get older. But we should recognize that we all can face these same limitations at various points in our lives, and having the courage to tackle them head-on just might make a difference for our financial futures. Thanks again for listening to The Behavioral Divide. I think today's topic is one that we can all relate to, and perhaps you've got your own stories on how you've seen age affect financial decisions. I'd love to hear about them. You can find my email address in the show notes, so feel free to contribute to this discussion on how our financial decisions change as we age. You've been listening to The Behavioral Divide, brought to you by Avantis Investors. This material has been prepared for educational purposes only and is not intended as a personalized recommendation or fiduciary advice. It's not intended to provide and should not be relied upon for investment, accounting, legal, or tax advice.